1: A crow flies in front of our view, sweeping towards a fortress and estate nestled in the great safety of the plains surrounding Aruam, one of the capital cities of the Red Feather Syndicate. There is not a natural body of water around for miles. We can see only canals and manufactured pools fed by large catchment towers. The compound itself was constructed with finery. Every defensible wall and cannon tower built with a splendid Rococo style and adorned with a gold and purple insignia, a stag rearing atop four checks. But most impressive are the skyship docks that surround this facility. Full docking towers for over a dozen ships, half of which are occupied by active crews servicing large vessels, each ship lined with fine cannons sporting impressive canopies of weave, alight with the crimson pattern that accompanies an active furnace. We move over these fleets, passing the barracks that surround them, and the gardens which in turn surround the main household, stopping our journey through a window and into an impressively appointed office, with walls adorned by lovingly crafted maps, many bearing the mark of secrecy from the Qing Company, which ensures that the only eyes that have seen this map have either entered this room or been party to its drafting. Amongst the maps are fine implements of navigation, including compasses, clocks, and sextants, all constructed with decorative flourish. They mingle among medals and challenge coins for successful military campaigns, some awarded by the Redfeathers themselves and others by privateer companies, all awarded to a single name, Olivia Youngblood. Beneath these decorations we see a woman in her mid-thirties, seated at a desk, dressed in shirt sleeves. A heavy wool coat dyed a fine purple and decorated with gold adornments is thrown haphazardly across the back of her fine chair. Her features are sharp and handsome, with her gold hair cut short, styled in practical light curls, and her face bearing only the lines of a person of singular determination. She is fixated intensely upon a collection of maps and journals on her desk drafting what appears to be a manifest, when she is interrupted by a knock at her door. (sighs) You may enter. The doors open slowly, with dutiful attention paid to respect and privacy, mixed with the authority of one who commands every bolt of the home in which these two reside. A tall man in his mid-forties, dressed in a crisp blue-tailed coat, decorated with hints of lavender and gold, enters the room. His face is held in tight composure, but an observant party would notice that his eyes are swollen and bloodshot. His dark blonde hair, framed with streaks of grey at his temples, must and unkempt. The lines on his face tell the tale of a man with tremendous power and responsibility, and few allies. A look unbecoming of a man of his station. Remington Youngblood closes the door delicately, and focuses his gaze on Olivia, who is still
0: wrapped in her work. Sister, I have... Grave news. I am sure you do. It is a delicate subject, and I am afraid it has caused me some distress. Olivia
1: looks up from her maps and manifest. Then I suggest you deliver your news to someone with delicate ears. Remington, you know that I love you dearly, but I am not making my stay here long. I deploy my fleet for Windrider Island tomorrow, and my course is to be quite complex.
0: Your exposition has been grounded at my command. What in Lumen's eye? I'm afraid my news relates to a sudden and non-negotiable reassignment of your fleet.
1: Well, congratulations, brother. You have earned my attention.
0: It gives me great pain to inform you that Tiberius is... dead.
1: I'm sorry, Tiberius?
0: Surely your duties are not so important that you have not forgotten the name of your younger brother.
1: I know the man... Though I am perplexed to hear that he is deceased. Last I heard, he was on shore leave in Bougian to compete in
0: Iopiora. He was struck down in the joust. Um, From what our agents have told me, he was slain using an unusual form of magic that left no remains.
1: Well, my condolences. I am aware of your affection for our siblings. The role of patriarch is a heavy burden. Remington cuts her off, absorbed in his own thoughts. Unable to meet her eyes, he stares out the window.
0: There was foul play. His death was an insult to a crest, and it must be answered for. There was conspiracy between the worst sort of degenerates and the broker himself. Be that as it
1: may, your answer does not require my fleet. You have command over every ship under the Youngblood banner, and enough gold to hire whichever grim swords you require to carry this out. If you wish to spend blood, powder, and potentially weave to make a statement, then you may do so without me.
0: Olivia, I am tolerant of your independence far more than father ever was. I always have been. You fly using Youngblood Weave under Youngblood flags. That privilege carries a responsibility to defend the family name. Spare me your lectures. And if that simple responsibility does not move you to listen, then perhaps you should be reminded that your Youngblood name also means you sail and command a fleet at my pleasure.
1: Remington's eyes blaze with a wrath that he rarely reserves for one so close as Olivia. How dare you! You come to disrupt my work to have me avenge the death of a spider! Let us make no pretense for Tiberius. He sought at any length to command his own fleet, your fleet, if necessary. He would have spilt any blood to fulfil that ambition. I am aware of your affections, as I have said, but I held no love for Tiberius when he drew breath. I will not delay my travels now that he has found a just end. To think you would have the gall to command me like one of your soldiers.
0: I need your help, Olivia.
1: You categorically do not. There are plenty of serviceable captains
0: at your command. Move wooden pieces across a map and be done with it. It is the quarry in question that moved me to ask you to lead this commission. Do not continue
1: to insult my intelligence, brother. I am aware that you are asking me because you believe the quarry calls for my skill. But if it's worth it for you to spend my time, then it is also worth the price of a half dozen ships. And I would have you spend the ships, as my time is far more valuable to the both of us. Remington whirls around to fix Olivia with an intense gaze.
0: Tiberius was struck down by an agent of Orimar Vale.
1: Well, that changes circumstances.
0: There is more. According to Tiberius's own journals, Alistair was also killed.
1: I am concerned that the emotion of circumstances has driven you from your senses. Alistair died two years ago at the hands of his mad teacher and Vale's own agents.
0: According to Tiberius's final testament, we were misled. Alistair was in fact abducted by Vale in an attempt to carry out whatever monstrous work his mentor had laid before him. Until recently, he was flying with a false name under the Uhuru's own banner, doing sovereign knows what. Tiberius found him in Bougianith and did what father would have him do.
1: <laughs> Am I to understand that Alistair spent the last two years living as a
0: pirate? Please, the circumstance is difficult enough without you making light of it.
1: Forgive me, it was the shock of the news. I was
0: also troubled by Alistair's disappearance, to hear that he lived. You are to destroy any evidence that our brother lived beyond his untimely end at his university, starting with the soldiers formerly under Tiberius's command. Then you are to continue your mission by hunting down and capturing the Uhuru. You are to eliminate any crew who knew Alistair's secret. Then you must bring me Alistair's journals and Oromar Vale. Remington! I am quite committed to this task. I will not make father's mistakes.
1: Olivia searches her brother's face and finds the fiery certainty in his eyes. <laughs> Damn it, fine! I will do as you ask. However, you must promise me that you will dispatch a competent and trustworthy privateer to Windrider Island to fulfil a set of orders that I shall prepare.
0: Forgive me, I had, I had assumed your trip to Windrider was... recreational.
1: You do surprise me. I did not think it within your constitution to maintain the asset if you knew what it was. It is... Profitable. My trips have not been recreational. Mostly. In the last year, Windrider has become a critical strategic asset in ways that I cannot afford to share. Even with you. (sighs) I'll draft my orders now.
0: Good. Did you need to discuss Alistair?
1: Delicate words for delicate ears, brother. As you wish. Remington makes his way towards the door and pauses in the threshold with hopes of offering one last attempt at gentleness towards Olivia, but he can feel her stiffness behind him and exits the room. Olivia is left alone with her new task ahead of her. Uruma Vale. We shall meet at last. Campaign Skyjacks will continue on January 1st with Skyjacks Courier's Call, an all-ages side series. Our main campaign will resume on January 22nd. Remington Youngblood was played by Ben Meredith. You can find more of Ben's work at The Rusty Quill, like sci-fi comedy podcast Stellar Firma, Pathfinder actual play Rusty Quill Gaming, and his performance as Elias Bouchard on the horror podcast The Magnus Archives. All on The Rusty Quill, Com. The music used in this scene was Division by Kevin MacLeod. Remember, there are no kings. Take flight, heroes. ¶¶